With 80 plus episodes in the vault and more than $3 billion in total compensation increases received by the Secrets Village, KP and PR are still dropping jewels. Secrets continues to validate that you are not crazy with the challenges faced in trying to reach and exceed your career aspirations. A listener describes Secrets as helping to pinpoint areas I need to develop in conversations I never knew I needed to hear. And season five will definitely not disappoint as they continue to deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to increase your market value by building generational wealth. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have paid their dues to reach the top of corporate America, and they want to share their stories with you to transform your journey. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season five. Hey, everybody, welcome to season five of Secrets. We are on and cracking. KP, man, what's going on? What's on your mind, brother? I just have to tell you, after last week when we had Dr. Sophia Noble on the show and she brought the heat. She sure did. I'm, I'm still over here trying to put that fire out. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. But I'm going to just tell you, Ricky, this week, I'm feeling a little dismayed and pissed off today because I've just been thinking about this past summer. You know, every summer seems to have a little heat to it right, right. at the end of the day. And over the summer, we have witnessed the racist mass murder of black people in Buffalo and the killing of innocent children in Texas. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Supreme Court roll back all these rights mm-hmm. that we have as people. And then we have this Loctite evidence of how close we were to losing our democracy. And for me, I wonder if I individually have any chance of survival right now in this country. And even bigger picture, do we really have a chance to survive as a country if we don't deal with all this toxicity dominating our national conversation right now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, not to be like a downer, but, you know, you think about it, you're like, shit, like, what is really going What's on here? What's happening here? Like, like again, we, we're trying to keep everybody focused on the prize. Don't, don't get distracted by the shiny objects. Right. But damn, you know, KP, you are just so on point with that description. And all of the things that you mentioned cannot help but to seep into our everyday work environment. It's all intertwined. <laughs> right. Every time you think about yeah. something, every time you're trying to like focus on your prize, this other thing. Yeah. You know, something else happens. pops up. Yeah, this other thing happens. And as the last few years have told us with the racial injustices in society, the inequities in corporate compensation and representation in the boardrooms, and just overall leadership positions for that matter. Something larger is at play, KP. Oh, no, totally. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. (laughs) Something ain't wrong. Something ain't right, right? It's obvious to me that change starts at the top of the food chain. That's right. right? No, uh, Sure. The top of the food chain. Because, again, we have people making decisions for us, for everyone, Mm -hmm. and they're not even in the trenches. No, not at all. And think about why shit don't change at the end of the day. absolutely. There's really only one perspective that's dominating the conversation at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And it's all based on fear and racist dog whistles and stereotypical tropes. Mm -hmm. And this has got to stop if we want to build a more perfect union in society 
and even further down into the workplace. And not only is this happening in the broader world that we live in, it happens daily to marginalize employees in the workplace. Yeah, like yeah. Every day. I can't tell you how many text messages, emails, all of those things we get about people sharing their stories, you know, with us. This is why we started the podcast. To this, begin is, with. This, this, this is this is it. it. Yeah, this is it. And again, I kind of laugh because we're like, ah, we do like 10, 15, 20 episodes. Yep. You know, here we are, we're getting close over to the 80s. 80s. You know That's what I'm right. saying? We like, past the 80s now. like we're over here really because stuff just keeps happening. Like, like there's more than enough information to talk about. And this is why we continue to tell our secrets village that. You are not crazy. Not at all. You are not crazy. Not at all. Like you, you're feeling it. Your spidey senses are tingling. You know you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. And all of this stuff is connected. Like some people just really don't see. They it. don't they, see it at all. Yeah, this. they're like, oh, this is an anomaly. You know, this and no, it is all absolutely connected. But it's connected and it impacts how we show up at work every day. Everyone, everyone, and Ricky, you and I have had a chance to, had our share, yeah. if you will, of working in toxic work environments. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Because all of this stuff, all this toxicity that's just going on, mm-hmm. it shows up in so many places and spaces. And we as marginalized people have to not be looked as a threat to progress uh-huh. at the end of the day. But that's how they position us. And as Jill Scott would say, y'all getting in the way of what I'm feeling. And you know that's my girl. That's my crush. That's what right I said. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I, so we got to. Yeah, we, we, we got to figure it out. It because, yeah, because again, you, you, you're getting in the way of what I'm feeling with this shiny object stuff. Yes, all this stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, so look, in today's episode, we're going to talk about our experiences as black men working in toxic work environments and dealing with everyday racism. Mm -hmm. We're also going to provide receipts on the impact of working in toxic work environments. And we'll close out with a double dose of secrets today on how to navigate toxic work environments and how organizations can avoid or dismantle toxic work environments. Yeah, that's going to be good. That's going to be good because I don't know nobody that hasn't worked in a toxic work environment at some point in their career. Yeah. If you have, you're a unicorn. And again, as we start talking about, you know you're not crazy, when we tell you some of the stuff we done been through, yeah. you're going to be like, I've been through that shit too. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I thought I was the one <laughs> the that was crazy. One. <laughs> I've been in therapy over here and I th- realized that everybody else is kind of going through some of these types of things also. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kick this off, Ricky, just by talking about the reality of being a black man in America. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. But there are just so many examples of, as black men, what we have to deal with in terms of just these daily racist things and microaggressions and all the things. And some are macro. And some are macro. (laughs) Right. But things as simple as being followed around in the store. How many times... In your lifetime, have you been followed in the store where the sales clerk is like following you around? Can I help you? No, I'm good. I'm just browsing. I'm looking. Are you sure there's nothing I can do for you? And then two minutes later, when you go to the next aisle, everything good? Everything's good? Or or they want to run up and tell you, you know how much that costs. You know how much that, right. (laughs) I got it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Or you can only take five things into the the dresser room to try on. Exactly. And And you think about it. We're so used to it, we get, like, a bit numb Mm -hmm. to it. Like, we kind of take it 
for granted. And it's like other people who are with us, whether it be like nieces, nephews, kids, they say, hey, Pop, you know they following you around. Hey, Uncle, you know they following you. I'm right. like, oh, are they really? Are like, they I'm really? just so used to That's it. Right. Like, I just tune it out. Exactly. You know, I think the other one is the reality of just being stopped by the police. I Ooh. mean, if if the last few years didn't tell us what we needed to know, mm-hmm. you know, it's still happening. Being it's stopped still by happening police, every day. Being stopped by police, being asked stupid questions when you are stopped, mm-hmm. you know, like just it's it's crazy. It's sickening. Yes. You know, but again, this is the reality. But every time you know your life is on the line. Yeah. When you get stopped, because you don't know what's going to happen after that. Right. And and no matter how ridiculous you know the shit is, you still got to play the part. You still got to do your thing. And here's another one for you. Being mistaken for the help. Ugh. I mean, this almost goes Ugh. back to the store example. How many times did you have some white lady or somebody else ask you where some shit is. What aisle is this in? Or, you know, can you grab this for me? Or whatever. What sizes do you have in this shirt? And you be like, ah! Did you see, like, a name tag on me or the uniform of this company? And you asking me for shit. Yeah, it's one thing when you're getting ready to go into it, because I'm I'm about to veer off here. So so you're going into a store, you're going into a store, and look, I'm just... Like, naturally polite, right? Yes. So, like, I'm going to hold the door open, you know, if somebody's coming in after me. And if I don't get the thank you, it's like, wait, this ain't my job. Right. You, you, you know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm going to hold yeah. it open for you. Or if I'm getting ready to go out and you don't hold it open for me, now I'm like this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. in my mind, I'm thinking those types of things, but it's nothing worse than being mistaken for the help. And the last thing is, every time, now I haven't been flying a lot, you know, since COVID. Yeah. But every time I get on the plane, why somebody want me to help them with their luggage? With their luggage. My thing is, if that shit was too heavy, you shouldn't have brought it on. You shouldn't have brought it on Mm-mm. the plane. I tell them, look, my shoulder is messed up, boy. Man, I, they'll see me throw a football 70 yards. Uh, but I'm like, my shoulder messed up. I ain't about to do that for you. No, it's true. And I can remember how many times, you know, you just pop in the store after work. So mm-hmm. you're looking good, dress nice. And you just pop in the Banana Republic or wherever it may be. Just do a little window shopping and they confuse you for the clerk. And you'll be like, I don't work here. Yeah, I don't work here. Oh, I'm sorry, because you were dressed so nice. I thought you were like, worked here. (laughs) (laughs) So you ain't never seen a black person dressed now. Okay, but anyways. Anyways, anyways. (laughs) Oh, geez. Look, I think the other one is like being told you're not like the other black people. Oh. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? So, but if I said you're not like the other white people. Like, it'd be World War Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? You're not like the other white people. I mean. What do you do with that? How am I even supposed to dissect that? That's right. What do you do with that? Yeah. What do you I, do with that? Geez. It's like, you cool because you're not like the other black people. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. And the other thing, when you get into the workplace, then you start getting questioned about your credentials. <sighs> right? <sighs> There's always something. Yeah. There's always something. It's like, where did you go to school? What degree did you get? You know, what was your upbringing? Just all all this bullshit around trying to prove why you deserve to be in the room or at the table. Yeah. Yeah. How many times has that happened? Oh, my God. It, it's sickening, actually. You know yeah. what I mean? Because, again, I, I I think about, you know, when people have questioned my credentials— I always can recall 
talking about how I got to where I am. Or when someone says, hey, Ricky, you probably don't know this. You don't know what, what I know. You, you don't, don't know, know what I know. know. First, first know. off, first off, like I didn't just fall into to a chief level job or a senior VP or a VP. I didn't just fall into this. Right. Like this ain't my first job, so to speak. So I probably know a little bit more than you think I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but again, it's like they don't really want to know what you know. They really just want to be focused on how you know what you how know. How you know what you know. Where'd you learn that at? Right. Who told again, you that? I mean, again, Keith, you and I talk about this stuff all the time. We talk about, like, we, we've had the luxury of vacationing in some very nice places, going to just exotic, you know, spots and whatnot. And the one thing we always have to be careful with is when everybody's sharing stories around the room and they say, hey, I'm getting ready. Like, you might have a boss that says, hey, I'm getting ready to go such and such with right. the family and this, that, and the other. And you're like, okay, that's pretty cool. And you're not trying to one-up them. And then they ask, has anybody ever been there? And you're like, oh, I've been there. Or yeah. they ask, what are you going to do? And it's like, oh, I'm going to Costa Rica. You know, right. we rented a mm-hmm. house and this and that. Oh, well, geez, oh. you yeah. one up in somebody. And exactly. it's like, I'm really not. You asked me what I was doing. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's but all now, you asked. Now it's like, how, you get the, how can you possibly be going to places that I haven't been to? Exactly. You know, what is that and the other. So again, it comes back to the toxicity of the work environments, but also just really challenging your credentials. How did you get that? How did you get that and mm-hmm. get an opportunity? Or, do get- you, or you live where you live? Yes. Like, oh, did somebody die and will that to you? Or this and we know that ain't the truth. Like, man, I bought this shit with my money. I did the same thing. I got a bad loan like you did, but hey, I was able to get refinanced. Yes. I was able to get this, that, and the other. They don't want to hear any. Any of that. They don't ever want to see you get ahead. Yeah. And you know, you and I have worked in a lot, in some toxic work environments. Yeah. We yeah. have and, and, and calling them toxic work environments is probably a nicety. It's probably an understatement. <laughs> and before I jump in to talk about a personal experience. We just want our, our listeners to understand, it's important to understand that any individual within an organization can help create a toxic work environment, right? This yeah. is all about perspective, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So the whole organization may not be bad, but there, any one individual could make your whole experience toxic mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? And it's usually a combination of individuals that make that situation untenable, right? It could be your boss, a colleague, a peer, whatever it is that can make that whole thing toxic. And I can remember at one point in my career, I moved from a very stable situation to one where I actually, thinking about it, I had the opportunity to utilize all that I had learned over several years to really help a different organization move forward, right? It's like they were trying to do some things I was like central casting for that opportunity, right? Because I had everything that they can try to do. And I can remember three weeks into the job, doing a presentation in front of the executive team. They thought I walked on fucking water, right? <laughs> I mean, the presentation was, was that good. They're like, we need to put you on the road and come out and talk about the company. That's how, how tight your stuff was mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. that point in time. And then they quickly turned into questioning, you know, my credentials, Yep. questioning my ruthlessness, uh-huh. which you talked about before, yeah, yeah. questioning my speed to make change mm-hmm. and how I was going about making change, despite the fact that in a very short period of time, in less than a year, yep. less than a year, we had consolidated 14 businesses into five businesses, 
We had doubled the sales of the business unit, improved profit margins. I mean, any other place that we talk about, those would all be fucking victories. Each one individually would be victories. Yeah. And to do it all in a year. If that ain't receipts, I don't know what would be. What well, would be, right? And I realized after a point in time that this was all style over substance. And it didn't mm-hmm. matter what I did at mm-hmm. the end of the day because it would never be good enough because I didn't follow the preferred script on how to re- achieve the results. It wasn't about the results. It was how I was going about achieving the results. It was about, it was about Keith. Right. It was about Keith. Like, you, you, you didn't fit in. You didn't fit in. I didn't fit in. I wasn't following the the script. It wasn't prescribed. So, like, and all that toxicity at the end of the day led to all kinds of things. The stress, the the physical things, all, you know. Mental stuff, like all all of that stuff. All the stuff when it was Mm -hmm. just like, I'm going to just throw my hands up. I got to go. Yeah, y'all can have it. Yeah, y'all can have it. You know, (laughs) and look, and to that point, Keith, if you've grown up in an unbalanced environment where hard times, struggle, and unpredictability are the norm. Look, Keith, look, man, we didn't grow up where we didn't have shit to eat. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. We didn't have no new school new, clothes. New school clothes. We didn't have, stuff. like, some of that. Like, the lights might have been off. We was eating yep. by candles. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? The TV yep. wasn't on. Read a book. Read a like, book. Like, That's right. But All that, the things. But you were, like, Water used to that. Water wasn't working. Yeah. You, you, you were used to that, like, because that was, like, kind of like the norm. You might know what I'm talking about. Like, you might know what I'm referring to. This toxicity in the environment becomes ingrained in the DNA of an organization also, mm-hmm. right? Because you're like, if somebody tells you a story about, hey, the lights got cut off or this, that, and the other, you're like, oh, okay, that shit happened to me too. Uh, mm-hmm. You start to think it's normal, right? Right. Only when you start opening up your mind and starting to see, uh, get experiences elsewhere, where you're like, this shit ain't normal. Right. The light should not be getting cut off. Yeah. The shit. The light should not be getting cut off. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these things, you start to figure that out. Now, to double click on this point, I can remember being in an environment where everyone in the company was so used to the leaders not being held accountable. They do anything they want to do. Okay, and that's just the boss. Okay, that's just the leaders. That it was not even possible at that point if the leaders can do what they want to do, like. You definitely can't hold the employees accountable, okay? So you're talking about, you know, I hate to use examples like this, but it's like the inmates running the asylum. Yeah, It was really an asylum. It was the same you know? thing. It was That's an right. asylum, you know? In fact, if you were someone that was trying to instill positivity or put together maybe like a sustainable plan of action to become an employer of choice, you would have to be perceived probably as the oddball. Yeah. Right, because Cause it wasn't it wasn't about what you were trying to do. Yeah. It's all about how you're doing it and if they like you. Man, I'm gonna give you a couple of examples, right? I was at a company, okay, and y'all can figure it out if you want to, but I was at a company where let's just talk about pay increases. Everybody would come up and say, Hey, I want a pay increase. You know, hey, I got another job, I offer an opportunity, try to give you a pay increase. And you know. Look, I'm looking at the uh, total comp packages. I'm looking at, like, how our, our strategy is. And I'm saying, hey, we need to get some type of um, a compass, you know, here so that we're not jumping every time something happens. And lo and behold, when I said, hey, this is what the pay structure, the strategy should be, do you know what the leaders told me? 
well, I can't promote that person. I can't give them that money because if I give them that, then I need to get something else. Yeah, of course. What about it's me? all about me. Yeah, it's what about, all about me? me? Right? But those are the type of environments where you think about the toxicity is I can't even do the right thing as a leader, and the leader ain't going to do the right thing because it's all about them. That's right. You know, That's it's right. all about them. I mean, I think another time, we've been in situations where you know someone is a good performer. But they're a horrible teammate. They're a horrible coworker. Like all of those things. But those are all the people that get promoted and opportunities all the time. So, but when people put performance over behavior, that then means you're probably in a bit of a toxic. You yep. know, environment. And we've seen that. Like, oh, yep. uh, you know, that's just Keith being Keith. Or that's just Ricky being Ricky. Okay, but if I did the shit, y'all be like walking me oh, out the door. Oh, yeah. Y'all be pissed <laughs> off. Y'all be walking me out the door. And look, I'll just say one other thing over here. So, again, when we think about, like, when you're in a company and they think about their relationship to an individual or, you know what, you know, Keith has a family. You know, Keith, his his wife is sick, you yeah. know, or he just got, has a kid in college and this, that, and the other. So we're thinking about the relationship that Keith has because we we know him over any policies and standards. Oh, for sure. Like, for sure. Any how, of that stuff. How close is he to me? Yes. So that I can yes. relate to it and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. we we see this stuff all the time when it comes to like, if you're hired after a certain day, you're not eligible for an increase. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not eligible for a bonus. Well, I want to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And but when you peel back the onion, it's like, oh, you have a relationship with them. So the rules don't apply to you or people that you know. Right. This is the <laughs> this very is the sign of a toxic environment. Now, if you're secure in your belief system and you have a history of doing the right thing, even when no one is looking, okay, like that's really like the moral compass there, then you know that some of the leaders that perpetuate these toxic environments want you to feel like you're the reason for the issues because you want the change. Right. It's right. your problem. That's right. It's, it's you, not their idea. Yeah, it's, it's you, Ricky. It's you, Ricky. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know that's not right, but yeah, Ricky, the way you said it or this, that, and the other. So at the end of the day, they don't want to do the right thing. The toxic, they want to be an employer of choice. They want to do these, they, they say it. They say and it. And like Amber always says, this is that performative that stuff. That performative stuff. But they ain't really about that business. Not at They're all. They're not about that action. Not at all. And to help people understand how you determine if you're in a toxic environment, we're going to spend a little time giving some examples. Yeah. About potential signs of if you're actually working in a toxic environment. And I just want to start for a minute just talking about Elon Musk. Because <laughs> you think about this dude with SpaceX and trying to buy Twitter and all these things. But he has a reputation mm-hmm. around the work environment that he creates. I mean, it is all based on fear. Yeah. And authoritarianism at the end of the day, which is the fear of where this country may be heading to because we got political leaders and everything else is trying to take us there. But if you are working in an environment where you have somebody like that and you are fearing for your job, there's that lack of job security, right? Or you don't have trust in the leadership, most likely that is a toxic work environment Mm -hmm. for you. If you are feeling those things, this may not be the place for you at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's kind of like, 
you hustling backwards, right? Like you can mm-hmm. work as hard as you want and do some of the things. It ain't going to matter. <laughs> exactly, because that's not important to that leader. Right. They're exactly. not measuring those Because they're locked things. in on what matters to them, not you. Yeah, and as we talk about like that lack of trust, security, leadership, all of those things, it also means like another sign to me is like the lack of motivation or energy to do your job or to go the extra mile. And you're feeling like that burnout. When yeah. you go somewhere and there's really no orientation, there's like, Ricky, come in here and just start doing. Doing. Like, you just can't even stuff. develop relationships. You're just doing. And you're responsible for shit that happened way before you even knew that the company existed. Mm-hmm. You know, you're responsible for all of that, right? So, again, you start to feel like it matters nothing about, you know, what I do or what I bring to the table. Y'all just need me to do one, two, and three. Yes. You know? That's right. And, and again, when you're in an environment when when you don't feel appreciated, when you don't feel heard, listened to, you know, those things, you start to lose a little energy. Yeah. You know, have you ever been blamed for some shit that you didn't do? Oh, of course. <laughs> you know they, try, they try to tag all this past history yeah, yeah. on your back. Yeah. Or like when you, like, even if you're in a relationship and every time you turn around, somebody like, hey, did you leave the lights on? Hey, did you do this? Did, right. did you did you leave the water, the, the juice out or right. whatever it is? You're like, that wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Every time they call your name, now you're like, what did I do this what time? What did I do this time? That's <laughs> exactly. right. That was like the environment that I was in. Every, yep. every time the phone rang, you like jumping and jittery yeah, and shit like, because it's like, what's going to happen now? Texting you when you're texting or calling when you're on PTO. Yeah. Texting or calling you before you didn't even turn the computer on. You still got your morning voice. You still got your Barry White voice going in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Asking you shit while you driving into the office. Look, I don't have my computer up. Let me get through the traffic first. That's when you know you're in a toxic environment. That's right. And if you just look at the statistics, I mean, from an HR perspective, if you're seeing high absenteeism Mm -hmm. or seeing people call in sick all the time, all these things are like signs of like something may be a little bit off Mm -hmm. just in terms of what this environment is driving and what it's all about. Because, you know, you think about it, like, if you're off, yeah, you're taking the day off or you're done with working for the day, and you get the occasional call, you don't mind helping somebody out. You don't mind doing it. But if it's every off day, yeah, every vacation, every time you're supposed to be off and you're supposed to be trying to have your balance in terms of work-life balance, you're trying to enjoy time with your family or your, 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 your friends or whoever, and some shit comes up. Right. There's a strong, strong possibility that you're in a toxic environment. Exactly. Because everybody else can be off but you. But you. But then you just call in sick. Yeah. Because now you're pissed. I ain't going to be able to do it. I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think the other thing, Keith, is high leadership and employee turnover. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody leaving this company. Everybody gone. Everybody leaving. And sometimes when you see people leaving the company, they don't have something else. That's a definite sign. Man, like, hey, I, I don't have another job. I'm leaving this joker. Like, I'm out. You know, like, I mean, again, you start thinking about it, particularly with high potential workers, like people who are slated as high potential or able to get to the next level at a fast rate. Mm-hmm. When they leave. Oh, yeah, that's a definite sign. I mean, it's you one thing a- when one person leaves. When you have a few and a few is more than three. Right. You know what? Exactly. You know, when you have them leaving in a short amount of time or overtime, like. Yeah. When you got hypos leaving or you got like a certain set with like all your black people are leaving yeah. or all mm-hmm. your black people are leaving, leaving yeah. or all your women are leaving. Mm-hmm. 
well, y'all better be paying attention because something's <laughs> going on. Something's going on. And again, now you just go to Glassdoor, right? Oh, yeah. You go to Glassdoor and just see what's really going on because Glassdoor don't play. Mm-hmm. You go in there and they'll tell the truth. So if you got a poor company reputation on some site like Glassdoor or something like that, you're no longer going to be an employer of choice yeah. because people that are leaving, those hypos and everybody else we were just talking about, they're going to put you on blast. They're going to talk specifically about the environment. They're going to talk about the leadership, the yes. leadership team. They're going to talk about all of that. All that stuff. And so if you got a poor company reputation, that shows that you're toxic and nobody's going to want to work for your ass. Yeah. I mean, even if you paying well. Right. Here is the secret. You like I said secret, right? But anyway, yes. here's the I secret, gotcha. right? Yeah, here's I the gotcha. secret. People are going to come to your company to get the title or to get the pay, and they're going to bounce and go somewhere else. They're going to be out Because it's easier to get a director job when you're already a director or a senior director when you're already a senior director or VP. Like, it's it's the old adage, right? So they're going to come and they're going to say, man, this place is jacked up. I ain't going to be able to. They're going to burn me out. I'm going And especially if you... You're like a person of color, and some of these health concerns or issues seem to impact and inflict you more than others. You're like, if I'm going to put myself at risk, I might as well get paid for exactly. it. Exactly. I'm going to get better, that hazard pay. Yeah, I better do all of this That's stuff. That's right. And I'm going to just check the box and bounce. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you and I talked about this, like in terms of what this does to you when you're in a toxic environment and you're busting your ass and you're trying to be everything to everyone and you're trying to, you have a strategic plan in place and it might take you two, three years. It might take you six months, but the leadership, all they want to get credit for is I got them to do it faster. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like now you're trying to jump stuff and do it faster and you're an overachiever. You used to getting A's, used to getting maybe a couple of B's, but D's and C's and failures, like that's not. No, that's it's not, not in your DNA. That's not what you're doing, right? That's right. So when this stuff starts to happen, it starts to like actually fuck with your mind a little mm-hmm. bit. You know what Scarface said? My mind is playing tricks on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yes. that's what you start to do. So you start to having these mental issues, including stress, depression, fatigue, fear, and anxiety. Yeah, and if you're feeling those things. It ain't enough gummies in the world that you can take that's nope. going to be able to get you <laughs> relaxed, right. man. Because, right. you know, your tolerance is just going to start creeping up. But again, this is some of those issues here. And it's like, if you're working your tail off, you don't have time to go get the third-party help no, not or assistance all. that you need. That's right. You can't even get out the building. Yeah, Because exactly. they got all this other pressure on you. And, and by the time you get home and you're trying to, like, have a little dinner with your family and this and other, shit, you, you got to log back in. And before you know it, a few hours of this time to run it back. Yep. You back in there again. You back in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy. And if you find yourself at the water cooler gossiping all the time, yeah. you got little clicks happening in an organization. You have these haves and have-nots where you got management always dipping their hand in the money bag. When you at the water cooler, if the conversation start with these motherfuckers. These <laughs> okay. Or or, or or it's like, come talking about. Come talk you know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers that come talking about. Right. Yay. You, you probably <laughs> getting to the to the point where the environment's a little toxic. Right, right, right. Because right. when you can see all of these things, where mm-hmm. people's gossiping, got these clicks, you going like, 
how did he get that? How did she get that? And I don't get that. And we mm-hmm. doing the same shit. Mm. You in a toxic situation at this mm. point. That's mm. right. In the wasteland. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In the wasteland. And and the last one for me is, look, we've seen so much of this with the last presidency. And I don't care what your, your political affiliation is, but there's no mistake about it. When you see a narcissist, you know what it looks like. Woo. But when you have a narcissistic leader, man, man. that right there, brother, mm, child, you know Woo. what I'm saying, honey? Uh. You know, when you got that right there, it's like you're doomed. You're doomed, you're right? You're doomed. You're doomed because the, all they care about is how they look. All they care about is them. I had a leader that I supported, and we were trying to hire someone on the executive team, okay? And look, we was already paying some of the leaders low. It was already light, okay? So we get, you're trying to hire the best, and the person says, hey, this is what my market value is. And the leader says to me, well, if we paying them this, then I need to get a raise. You gonna need to go to the board and talk to the board, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, Okay, this ain't about you. Okay, right. like we, if you want to bring this person on, we can do that, and then we can work on you later. But again, the whole show stopped. The whole thing stopped until we took care of that cat. But again, that narcissistic leadership—like they're never going to take ownership for them dropping the ball or them making a mistake. It's always a scapegoat. It's, it's always somebody else. Yeah, and and what they doing? Yeah, or, or not absolutely. doing? Absolutely. At, at the end of the day. And then when you have a combination of narcissistic leaders. Oh, God. Whew. And you're the one person that's trying to, like, get everybody together and everything else. Yeah, like, it's on. like, this ain't normal. And you got these narcissistic leaders talking about how diversity, inclusion, and belonging is important. Y'all need to get out of here. How gender representation is important. Do you see where we're going with this? It's really just performative. They're going to say the right stuff to try to get some likes, to try to get, you know, their engagement scores up, but they really don't care about it. There is no incentive. Not at all. You know, outside of them getting their pay and sticking to the to the timeline. Absolutely. And they just tokenizing the shit out of you and me. Yes. At the end Absolutely. of the day. So that's the thing. And the impact of all of this is like, when working in toxic environments, you start to, like, question everything and everybody, right? And yourself. And yourself. It's mm. just, like, everything, right? You start to go down a rat hole thinking, you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? At the end of the day, in your mind, you're just like, isn't everyone else seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. Like, what is going on? But you don't feel like you can express that to other people. And so that's the part that's like so insidious. Yeah, because you've been trying to talk about it, but nobody's been listening. Right. Nobody's been listening. Right. Because you put try and put those little hints out there to say, am I crazy? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Is this? <laughs> Man, I'm well, tripping. Man, I just, I, I just tripping. I'm just tripping. But then to... nobody bites because yeah. they're scared to bite. And then it just perpetuates this whole cycle. Yeah, uh, of toxicity. And the minute you get someone else to agree, like, or to say, hey, I've been feeling that too. Hey, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Now you're like, oh, shit, now I didn't, I didn't spend three, six months, a year, or whatever it is thinking I was crazy. Yeah. But look, Keith, the moral to the story is you're not crazy. No. Okay? Not at and all. And you can absolutely control how you deal with toxicity. Mm-hmm. Okay? We'll share some secrets shortly on how to deal with the toxic work environments, but Y'all know we need to jump into these receipts 
Okay, because this is where, again, we take the emotion, you know, yeah. out of this, and y'all can see that we don't think we crazy. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like Absolutely. at the end of the day, because the secrets don't lie. They don't okay? lie. They and, and, and again, the receipts that we're going to share with you all today to illustrate, you know, what we're talking about with these toxic environments are going to be about the impact of working in Toxic work environments. Yeah, yeah. So get ready. Get ready. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, as we always do. So receipt number one, according to SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management, approximately three in four working Americans believe management establishes workplace culture, mm-hmm. thus laying the foundation for them to succeed at work, right? Yet, unfortunately, managers often unknowingly facilitate toxic work environments simply because they've never been trained on how to create a positive one at the end of the day, right? <laughs> some of us unconscious. I think some of us actually conscious mm-hmm. at the end of the day. But regardless, corporations don't provide that foundation for training their managers. In fact, 25% of employees don't feel safe voicing their opinions about work-related issues. And 57% of people report leaving work feeling exhausted. And that toxic atmosphere often compounds, you know, the stress that they're Mm -hmm, feeling at the mm -hmm. end of the day. And finally, 25% of Americans also report dreading going to work each day. These are what we just talked about in terms of signs that your environment may be toxic. You're stressed out. You don't feel safe voicing what you feel. You're feeling exhausted. And you got managers who aren't responding to any of it. Yeah. And again, they're making a lot of money. We're oh, talking nah. about, That's right. when you're talking about executive leaders, we're talking 400 plus. Absolutely. Like on that base. So in my mind, it's like, you should know some of this shit. Yeah. And either they know it and they don't care, or they don't know it and not even trying to learn it. No, not at all. And that's that gap. Oh, man. So look, receipt number two, building upon that receipt you just shared, Keith, Sherm also pointed out that 36% of employees say their manager doesn't know how to lead a team. Okay? Mm -hmm. Don't know what they're doing. Don't know what they're doing. And 40% of employees say their manager fails to frequently engage in honest conversations about work topics. Yeah. Okay? Like again, shit. yeah, like not even want to talk about it. Okay, mm-hmm. if I don't say if I don't say nothing, right, then they won't say nothing. They won't say you nothing. You know what I'm saying? All of this leads to toxicity in the workplace, and ultimately, like people leaving, like yeah. the departure. They like say bye. In fact, 58 percent of those who left the job due to culture claim managers are the main reason they left. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. ding. I will I will validate. Verify that same thing. You can say that, Mr. H. (laughs) Chief HR officer, right? At the end of the day. And third receipt, we're going to wear Sherm out today a little bit. (laughs) Because I'm the finance guy. Yep. And there's a cost to all this toxicity as well. The cost of turnover due to workplace culture is $223 billion in the past five years. That is a B. $223 $223 billion people leaving yeah. because of workplace culture Yep, alone. That's just one reason, mm-hmm. right? 
and companies lose $431 billion per year due to unplanned absences. We talked about that earlier. Yep. When you got all these people calling in sick, not showing up for work. There's a cost to all of this stuff. And I would be curious, you know, after we tally, after we've kind of gotten through the pandemic and everything else, as we're talking about the great resignation, those numbers that you just told us are going to skyrocket even more. Absolutely. Because you're like thinking to yourself, man, there is bigger issues kind of happen out there. I got people that I used to connect with who aren't alive anymore because of COVID. I'm not going to sit here and deal with this toxic no, shit. No, no, not at all. Not <laughs> you know at what I'm all. Saying? Like, I'm not so going to sit here in this chair yeah, and try and die. It. Yeah, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Look, receipt number four. A recent report from MIT Sloan Management Review found that employees are quitting their jobs in droves because of toxic workplace culture. Ding, ding, ding. Not low pay. Yeah. Okay? Again, everybody wants to talk about the pay. You talk about the pay. When you're not taking responsibility as a leader, you imagine you're, you're, you quickly go about to the pay. They're getting more money. They're getting more money. And again, people quit their bosses. They don't quit, you know, the, the, the company, Absolutely. so to speak. In fact, the report says that toxic workplace culture is 10.4 times more likely to contribute to an employee quitting. Data analysis identify three elements of a toxic culture. Failure to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion, workers feeling disrespected, and unethical behavior. Let's think about, <laughs> let's think about a few places that we work, Ricky. Yes. Do those yes. check the box? Absolutely. Now, I can think of one where we work together. Yeah, absolutely. It checked every one of them boxes like five times. Yeah, I can I can think of some 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 very recent opportunities. Right. You know that actually, where I worked with leaders, and it was the same thing. You know, you ask them about this stuff, and if you bring up any of these three scenarios, you know whether it's DE and I feeling disrespected or unappreciated or unethical behavior, they're going to look at you like you crazy. You're going to become part of the problem. Yes. And they're going to think that you're very litigious. A absolutely. Because you're asking about this. You're oh, asking about to, this they're stuff. They're trying to set me up. And don't go along with the plan. It's exactly. like, okay. Be patient. Yes. You got to do these things. And I'm pile on one more receipt. Receipt number five. Because we talk about mental health a lot on Secrets, right? We've been talking about this for, mm -hmm. for every season. And toxic work environments are certainly a contributor to mental health issues at the end of the day. And earlier this year, in 2022, the American Psychological Association's Work and Wellbeing Survey found that 79% of employees experienced work-related stress in the month before this survey was actually conducted. Wow. 79%. And three of five workers said that work-related stress caused them to have a lack of interest, motivation, and energy at work. We talked about that earlier and contributing factors to a toxic work environment. And a total of 36% had cognitive awareness, 32% had emotional exhaustion, and 44% experienced physical fatigue. And all of this was a 38% jump before COVID, <sighs> right? Before 2019, uh -huh. right? And issues like 
politicization of masks and vaccines and lack of support from their workplaces during a pandemic were cited as large contributors to this increase from 2019 to where we are today. Oh, my God. So, Keith, you just validated <laughs> that, brother, we, we are not crazy. <laughs> not crazy. Okay? And right. the fact that we have the courage to even speak about this stuff. Right. You know, They've already done surveys. We so bring, they, they've we been talking about the research and yeah. the stats. They're talking right. about we talked, we shared our stories, right. you know, with you. And then we brought these receipts mm-hmm. to back up what we were talking about here. Again, this, there's a reason why we brought this up. Okay. Yeah, no so look, man, I gotta be honest with you, man. These receipts, man, they kind of got my little blood pressure. <laughs> got my little blood pressure, uh, they got you, you know, hot. boiling a got little bit hot. over here. May man. have to take a sip to cool down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just did. Okay. I just did. Okay. That's why I was silent right. for a minute. All right. I took a long sip, a long too. Sip. So I think we meet, need to move on to like some of the solutions because we can sit here and talk about this stuff you know, forever, right? So what we want to do today is kind of focus on these secrets. So today, we have a double dose of secrets for you. First, we'll start by providing four secrets on how to deal with the toxic work environment. And then we'll provide secrets on how organizations can avoid or dismantle toxic work environments. Here are four secrets on how to deal with a toxic work environment. Number one, find ways to detach from work. Number two, Hold individuals and organizations accountable. I know it may be harder than than it sounds, but that's as simple as it can get. Mm -hmm. Number three, build your village. And number four is real simple. Leave. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. So, so Keith, let's just drop some more science if we can on these three secrets. Hit us up with uh, secret number one. Yeah. Secret number one. Again, find ways to detach from work. And there's lots of talk about work-life balance. We've talked about it. There's so many things out there about finding work-life balance. But it is absolutely critical that you find ways to detach from your work if you're dealing with toxicity, Mm -hmm. you know, in your work environment. Relaxation at the end of the day is the elixir to your sanity, right? And so there's lots of things you can do. Exercise meditate, volunteer, take a walk, listen to music, spend time with friends, even planning a future vacation or family outing. All of these actions and others will help you kind of detach, right? Detach from work and deal more effectively with a difficult work environment. And if you're thinking about leaving, just going through the exercise of planning your future, is another way to like cope with all of this stuff. Imagining, you know, what the possibilities could be can help you like make that disconnect. Yeah. And I, and I think part of that when you're talking about the work-life balance piece, it's if you're off, be off. Be off. Don't be the cat sitting by the pool on your computer. Yeah. Set those hard yeah. boundaries. I do I've done and I had to learn to do this. Yeah. To set the hard boundary. If I'm off, I'm off. Yeah. Don't I'm going to get back to me. you. I'm going to get back to you. That's and, right. And, and, and honestly, if the shit is that important, y'all probably need to be calling 911. Yes. <laughs> and that's <laughs> it. Saying, like, that's it. I am not going to be trying to, like, make sure my phone works internationally so I can hear what you got to say, give you some, like, it, it's just not going to happen. But I think those are the things that you have to hold sacred you know, to you and set those boundaries, you know, as you've just spoken about. Mm -hmm. I think secret number two, you know, here in terms of hold individuals and the organization accountable. And as hard as this may actually be, 
because sometimes people really don't want to be held accountable. No, right? not it's at like all. The rules don't apply to me. Right. But you have to use the company values and all of the other aspirational statements to your advantage. Mm-hmm. When someone is out of line with those statements, call them out. Yep. Yeah, call them out. Hey, you know what you just said doesn't quite it doesn't um, align with, with, with our core values. That's right. You know, or this, that, and the other. Right. It will be hard for anyone to argue with you. If you make in the moment, you provide in the moment feedback, mm-hmm. you know, or you call someone out individually if you have one on one to say, hey, when you said X, mm-hmm. you know, this is how I perceived it. Yep. And you should probably bring that up yourself during a meeting versus everyone thinking that's just how you are, right? Exactly. Like that's, but again, it's the accountability mm-hmm. piece. Now, if they choose not to do that, then you kind of got. You know, your answer, you know, mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. in the process, you solidify your integrity and put them on notice that you're watching. Absolutely. Because you know they're watching you. Uh, okay? Always. <laughs> they, watch, always. they got their third eye mm-hmm. on your ass, That's you know. Right. And if your boss or other leaders give you flack or resistance, you then have a data point to know that the aspirational statements may again be performative, yeah. as we spoke about. Mm-hmm. So again, I can just recall when I called someone out. You're like mm-hmm. on like when we're talking about the right behavior in meetings, like when we're giving ideas and it's an open forum. Yeah. It's like it's we're whiteboarding. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes up with something. Then I come up with an example. And then the leader says, that's not right. right. You know, ah, this is another. Hey, mm-hmm. I thought we was. I thought this we was, was supposed to be open. Yeah. You I, know, no idea is a bad idea. Yeah, exactly. I said, OK, well, that's it for my, uh, you know, participation. You know, mm-hmm. in this, right? Yeah, check and, out. And, and again, it's like, hey, well, I, I appreciate you having an opinion, but my opinion doesn't matter. And again, that is not in alignment, you know, with our core values. The core value number three, yes. you know, it says X, X, X. Exactly. Now, they have to apologize or this, that, and the other. But again, I'd rather somebody hold what they got to say if it's not good, you know, or if it's going to hurt someone else there. And if it is disaligned, yes. you know, from the corporate values. Absolutely. Like, I mean, you look, feedback is feedback, but you can't be as a leader the only person that's available or able to break the mm-hmm. rules. Yeah, no doubt. Secret number three, build your village. And we have stressed this a thousand times. We all need a village to support our personal and career growth. And we need people around you. We all need people around mm-hmm. us that we can confide in, chill with, cry with, bitch to, get honest advice from, all the things. And your village will help you detach from work and give you the courage to hold your organization accountable. Those first two secrets that we talked about. And that village needs to be a combination of people inside and outside your organization at the end of the day, right? Because the insiders are going to provide invaluable information because they understand actually what you're going through Mm -hmm. and what that environment is about at the end of the day. So you can find leaders and colleagues and direct reports who you can chop it up with, which is, you know, one of those secrets, if you will, Mm -hmm. to kind of surviving a toxic environment. You need some people inside that know the environment that will help you get to where you want to be. And, I, you know, again, I was lucky to have people like you, Ricky, Mm -hmm. you know, Josh, who we heard from in season four, and so many others who helped me survive those toxic situations because I had that internal village, but I also had external people who would give me a little check and say, 
this shit ain't normal. So you're not crazy. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, yeah, that sanity <laughs> check. That. that sanity check is extremely right. important. And look, secret number four, I mean, we talk about it. Leave. It's leave, right? Nah. Look, at the end of the day, at some point, it's not worth it. Needed to worry. She pointed this out in our, our podcast with her in season four. Mm-hmm. You know, she was dropping a, a whole bunch of knowledge whole for us. But knowledge. there are plenty of opportunities out there where you don't have to sacrifice your sanity for a paycheck. You don't exactly. have to sell your soul to the devil. Yep. However, it's a decision that should be taken with care. Okay. And as we've mentioned on many occasions, don't leave without an exit strategy. You don't want to leave yourself in a bind or put your family at risk. I almost made that mistake, you know, myself, you know, and I know that Keith, you know, almost made that uh, Mm -hmm. mistake and I was able to help him uh, out. And I made sure that a a solid exit plan was in place, you know, when we had to uh, do this. But again, leave. At some point you got to leave. You got to go. You got to go. And look, All of those things are personally important, Mm -hmm. you know, and now what we want to do is try to focus on what organizations can do to provide real solutions, avoiding or dismantling toxic work environments for marginalized employees. Here are the four secrets for organizations. KP, share the first one. Yeah. So the first secret, do what you say you do. You know, nothing creates more distrust or toxicity than when you have all these glowing value statements and shiny recruitment pieces and positive PR campaigns. It is nowhere near the reality of what's going on in the organization. So companies must be authentic and honest when talking about what they do and what they're about. At the end of the day, people were read through the BS pretty quickly, and it can lead to all the kinds of internal friction when statements and actions don't align at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a that's a key point. And I think, like, secret number two for me is there's an old adage, right, in HR that good people leave bad managers. Yep. Okay, we see it every day. So companies need to really, really invest in management and leadership training. Managers need to keep, they need to to do deep training, you know, in performance management, employee development, providing feedback, in the moment feedback, Mm -hmm. you know, leading diverse teams, listening, empathy, and implicit bias. Yeah, and and many other things too, but those are key. But I think those are like, like some key ways in terms of proactively dealing with toxic environments. Yeah, for sure. And the third thing that organizations can do is remove toxic and entitled employees from your organization. This is hard, but companies need to start valuing how the work is getting done versus what is getting done at the end of the day. As we've showed in the receipts, the cost of toxicity is huge and is only present because companies give the benefit of the doubt to toxic managers as long as they're hitting their goals at the end of the day. You know, you'll always make an excuse for that person who's hitting their sales goals or something else, but you ain't going to get the benefit of the doubt to people who are actually doing the things that you say you believe in. Yeah. Now, what did we say earlier? Performance, you know, over everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, performance over behavior, you know, so to speak, which is key. And the last one, secret number four is allow remote work. Okay. Allow remote work. The landscape of how we do our jobs has changed and it will never be what it used to be. Mm -hmm. This may seem controversial or counterintuitive, but to be an employee of choice, companies have to start embracing remote work. People of color in particular have voiced in study after study 
that they are experiencing less toxicity, fewer microaggressions, and less stress with remote work. Absolutely. So if you want to diversify your employee base or be an employer of choice, you're going to have to lean in and go there. Absolutely. At the end of the day. And so as we wrap up here, you can find more resources on these secrets and receipts that we shared today by going to our website, secrets.com, and looking in the show notes for this episode. Yeah. And look, I just want to be able to say our Secrets Village continues to grow because of you. I mean, we're at over 22,000 followers, you know, now and downloads. I mean, this stuff is is moving extremely fast. But we want you to be able to just help your brothers out by writing a, a new review on Apple or Spotify, joining our LinkedIn group and community of practice, and commenting on our post on all of your uh, favorite social media channels. We're out there. We're trying to get it out, you know, and, and get this word out for you. Those comments help us and also set you up to be a thought leader. Yeah, for sure. This is how the algorithm works at the end of the day. And again, check out our merchandise. Go to the goods tab on our website. Check out our latest gear. Every purchase you make is helping us build a foundation to help Mm -hmm. other people to get what they deserve. And speaking of getting what you deserve, you know, Ricky and I are also locked in (laughs) on helping you get that coin and getting your seat at the table. We are tipping the scales at $3 million in additional total comp increases that we've helped people achieve by just talking with us and having yeah. a conversation. So hit us up for personal coaching services or training for your organization. Provide a referral, you know, if you like what we're doing, because this ROI is legit. Is Again, real. check out our website for more information. And look, as we close out this episode, we want to remind you that you are not crazy. You're not Do crazy. Do not get sidetracked by that shiny object. Yes. (laughs) Okay, you are not crazy. The potential toxic work environments that you endure are not about you. It's systemic. Yes. Okay, and speaking about toxic, I may have poured a little heavy over here, you know, without KP looking over my shoulder. You I sure did. I, yeah, yeah. That, I think that, I put that, a little bit more kettle the, than crayon. Yeah, it was at the drink. ram. It was at the ram. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I do know for sure is KP and I will always have a full cup and keep bringing you non-toxic advice. We will okay? do that. That's Thanks right. for listening to Secrets, everybody. And remember, when we share, you transform. Peace, everybody. Out. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another episode of Secrets. In fact, one listener said that with Secrets, I learned new, actionable information listening to KP and PR. I enjoy the balance of data with the testimony of real experience, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please show these brothers some love. Subscribe and write a review on our podcast. And last, but certainly not least, elevate your professional game by signing up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when we share, you transform. Until next time, cheers.